This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 114. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. I'm so excited because I highlighted another awesome book and I know I say that every time, but yes, I do get really excited about these books. So this book I actually did for a leadership book club and it was so much fun and we just got so much out of this book. So I wanted to include it here on the podcast as well. So welcome to the podcast. If it's your first time here, I really thank you for joining us. This is where I highlight books. I suck out all the actionable nuggets and I summarize it so that you can take that knowledge and that learning into your life and apply it. Now, of course, if something sparks your interest, I always say purchase the book and support the author because they put so much love, energy, attention, and well-earned knowledge into these books. And it's always wonderful to support the authors when they put all this attention and energy into creating these masterpieces. So, and if you are a veteran, you've been coming and listening to this podcast for a long time. I'm so thankful for you. You loyal listener and for being a part of this unconventional approach to a book club. So thank you so much for being here and let's jump in. So have you ever thought that maybe something you might be doing or not doing could be inhibiting problem solving? It could be holding back uh, ideas and creativity. It could be escalating uncertainty and actually stress. Well, oh my gosh, wait till you hear what this book is about because there are so many things that we might be doing or not doing that we don't realize that has a huge impact on our work, on our like on our career, on our work environment. And that is why this book is so exciting. So it's called Leadership is Language, The Hidden Power of What You Say and What You Don't by David McCark. Now, this book is so great because it really does investigate this idea of leadership and looking at it from a very different perspective that's quite powerful. So our language actually in the workplace might be playing a bigger role than we realize. Realize. And that's what this whole book is about. So, you know what? Even when we're in high pressured situations or just everyday scenarios, you know, like maybe emails or even in meetings, we have the opportunity to empower our colleagues to make a difference and to have more effectiveness in our everyday functioning. So, Our words have power. So our language has influence. In this book, this leadership is language. Marquis really does outline these set of principles that they're really, he provides us with tools that can help leaders inspire their people. And let's face it, we're 
even whatever role that you're in, whatever your title is, you are a leader. You have the opportunity to inspire and influence other people. So this will apply to you, whether you know what, you're in a managerial position or not. So I really do invite you to take in really all these wonderful suggestions that he has within his book. So he talks all about, um, in order to uh, really inspire other people and to connect with others, um, what we can do is we can change our language. So small little changes in our language can actually lead to dramatic changes in the team's environment, the team's success, co-working success, uh, wherever you are, and also in our the level of happiness. So leadership is language. It really drives home that idea or that message that leadership is about people. People. It's about other people. And you know, I love positive psychology and that's my whole world. <laughs> and so one of the mantras in positive psychology is that other people matter. And I love that this author really does argue that leaders, they, they can't lead effectively without having an appropriate balance between the interplay of using the words and connecting to people. So I loved that message within his book. So in this book, he really does talk about how, uh, how when he changed the way he talked to people, that it did have a huge impact on how they showed up and their levels of happiness, their creativity. And he suggests that when you clearly strive to remove barriers of interactions between leaders and the led. So kind of removing that hierarchy, uh, that it has a really positive effect. He also talked about and suggested that when we increase our curiosity, it really does strongly encourage leaders to get everyone to work as a team and not just to think and not just to do, but also to work together and to and to work together as a team. So he also talked about making it really clear that there's a wonderful dance between uh, the leader and the follower, and that it's really important to go through that cycle in order to be really balanced. So I really loved his suggestions. And he did say that we can change our language in three major ways. So the three ways that he talked about were to move instead of convincing or coercing or complying and conforming. He says to move your language to a more proactive language, such as setting intention or intent and also commitment uh, to take action. So he says shifting your language also from feeling like that you need to prove or need to focus on performance to a language of how can we improve? How can we learn and grow together? He also talked about going from a language of invulnerability and certainty um, to a language of vulnerability and curiosity, right? Like nobody's perfect. We're all human here. So I, I really do enjoy that, that aspect of just shifting the language here in terms of leadership interactions, you know, whether it's person to person, whether it's digitally or handwritten or verbally, he does make this argument within his book that we want to, if we want to be truly effective leaders, we need to think about the words that we're choosing to use. We need to think about how we can apply these words that we're using and, and the language that we're using. So 
he really does encourage the reader to think about their leadership, you know, as taking responsibility for how others are acting or how our words affect other people and they affect the other people's lives as well. So it's moving away from this idea of commanding and controlling leadership language that actually ends up stifling curiosity. It really decreases decision-making. It also is shown to decrease performance. Um, and this kind of stubborn culture of compliance and control, it, it really, uh, yields this distorted sense of like, you know, it's like coercion, like you're, you're forced or people behave out of fear. Like it kind of reminds me of like when someone's scared, they're like, Oh, I better do this quickly because like, you know, it's so they don't want to get into trouble. So it's really a big shift. And that's what he's talking about within his book. And the solution that he's offering is that he argues that if we change the way that we communicate, that we will have a more positive effect on our workplace culture and it will help to change this culture and we can transform our team's performances actually. So yeah, just these slight changes in our language allows us to reinforce and rewire our thought process in a more adaptive learning kind of growth oriented way. So he's really encouraging leadership as language to make to make a huge impact on our teams and how we interact with people. And uh, more about sharing, right? Sharing of ideas, sharing of anxieties, sharing of opinions. And um, he talks a lot about that within his book. And um, he did some of the key takeaways that I came up with is that he had some major key points here. He called them the six plays. So the book offers us six quote unquote, like plays, like uh, how we can play it out like a playbook. And uh, he does talk about how we can employ all these wonderful methods in order to lead effectively and to enhance the performance of our teams. So ultimately combining a whole bunch of these um, playbooks or like applying this, it can really be effective for our leadership. So are you curious what they are? <laughs> okay, so he talks about control the clock, and then he talks about collaborating. He also talks about committing, and he talks about completing, and then he talks about improving, and he talks about connecting. So one of the major, we're going to go through all these. So some, the, the first one that he talked about is controlling the clock. So what he means by that is by being able to pause at any given time and be mindful and deliberate with your actions. So he talks about really facilitating this idea of collaboration and a broadened perspective. So he talks about some of the tips being making time to pause and um, making that possible for people. So giving a pause names, like let's take a time out. Okay, hands off. Let's call a pause here or let's get the team together to revise our thinking and, you know, let's hold it here and take a look at think things. Uh, what does everybody think? Like it's almost like checking in and pre-planning these opportunities for pausing. It's like controlling the clock. It's like taking a little bit of a pause is really effective leadership. He also talked about collaborating. So considering letting the doers be the deciders and, you know, so allowing them to influence some of the decisions, right? So ultimately uh, encouraging other people 
to share their ideas and to be vulnerable and to recognize and accept that others can also contribute to the thinking of things and coming up with solutions. And um, he really does encourage this to for effective leadership. And so collaborating being things like ask what and how questions, like, you know, um, getting everyone to have their input, voting first, and then discussing it, like allowing people to share what it is that they're, um, what they want to share. So it's inviting this idea of curiosity and inviting differences and not necessarily looking for consensus is actually getting more information, right? Um, will really allow you to be a more effective leader and also being open-minded and listening to all perspectives. And that's this idea of collaboration, you know, like ask, you know, what's behind what you're saying, that sort of thing. He also talked about commitment and that commitment will always prevail over compliance. So people will be more invested when they feel like they are adding to um, the decision or part of the process. Or, and in positive psychology, we say we're more motivated when things are intrinsic to us, when we feel like we want to be a part of it. And so that's what he's talking about here within his book is committed to learning and not just doing. So sometimes we like have a to-do do list? <laughs> like, what are we going to do? But you also want to ask the question, like, what are we going to learn from this? Uh, and, and commitment behind it. So chunking it small down. So not just having this to-do list. He's talking about, um, talking more about if you chunk it small, it's easier to uh, get aligned with it, right? Like um, get uh, kind of on board with it is like, okay, and asking questions, being inquisitive. So like, how does that affect this? Or how do you see this? Or how could we start? Like getting people to commit and invest in the process um, is really effective. Like how can we test this quickly? Um, and so that's really important is what he's saying for effective leadership. He also talked about this idea of completion or completing. So breaking tasks down into smaller chunks and just completing one by one. So it's not having this big, massive uh, task list, but it's also celebrating successes along the way. Um, and he does suggest focusing on behaviors, um, not characteristics. So focusing on the journey, not the destination. So instead of saying, wow, like you did so good finishing that job, it's like, wow, I noticed that you did this this, 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 and this, or I notice how, um, you really jumped into that, that task with, you know, full gusto or so he's suggesting that we really do focus on the process and the journey instead of the final destination. And in positive psychology, we, we talk all about that, like process praising instead of, um, the end result praising. So it's really effective to, pr uh, praise and appreciate the process instead of just the end result. And that facilitates a really good, strong growth mindset. So I like that he included that in his book too. So he did talk about in this idea of completion is to chunk work into like frequent 
so chunking work down um, for frequent completes. And I love the way you put it in his book. Like we want to feel like we have this sense. I don't know about you, but I, when I finish a task, I feel this sense of a completion and, and accomplishment. So he is suggesting that to have um, chunking work down into smaller successes allows us to feel like we have frequent completes. And this feels uh, like more sense of accomplishment. So celebrating that, right? Um, and then he talked about, again, like I said, focusing on the behavior, not the characteristics. So focusing on the journey, not the destination. I noticed, you know, those kind of things, descriptive statements can start with like, I see that, da, 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 fill in the blank. I noticed that it looks like, yeah, that kind of thing. So then he also talked about this idea of improvement. And what's great is um, he's suggesting that collaborating in order to get better, what can we learn? Like focusing on the sense of, achieving excellence in the favor instead of focusing on avoiding errors. So instead of looking at that, it's like focusing forward. So focusing forward, not backwards, and is really important. So focusing on the process um, and not the person individually. So you're really focusing on that goal of achieving excellence, not avoiding error. And he does talk about like, how can we get better. So focusing on invoking this idea of learning and growing and improving is really effective for good leadership here. Um, like what do you want to, you know, remember about this for next time or what could we do better to serve our customers or like what improvements can we make to make this process better? Uh, that idea of an involving this community. Okay, so then he also talked about connecting and this idea of connect. So demonstrating vulnerability um, and admitting to not knowing something as a leader. So people really are going to care about what people think and how they feel and their personal goals. Connecting is really important to build trust. And so this idea is that you want to connect. You want to show vulnerability as a leader. You want to share your personal experience and 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 show that maybe you don't know, know everything. And this idea is that it's going to flatten the power gradient. And I love the way you put it, right? So flattening that power gradient allows for um, a f- more effective, stronger leadership. And so the idea here is to admit when you don't know something, be vulnerable if you can, uh, trust, and this will build trust. And so that the steeper gradient actually is more difficult. Um, and so the idea here is to create connections, connections with other people and, you know, do things with people as well, instead of, um, judging. The idea here is to observe and to describe and um, instead of reinforcing authority, right? So the idea here is to really flatten that power gradient for effective leadership. So phrases like, let's look it up. That shows your vulnerability that you don't know it. I mean, the other day I like totally forgot what in, in book titles or titles of like um, articles and things like that, I forgot what the rule was around that. Like, you know, is and does that have to be a title, a capital A? And and I just forgot the rules. And I'm like, hmm, I don't really know that. And someone was asking me about it. Like, I have to look that up. <laughs> it's like admitting to that vulnerability. It's like, yeah, like as as a publisher and an author and a writer, like maybe that's something I should know. 
<laughs> but anyway, you know what? We can't know everything. And sometimes we do have to refresh our memory and like, you know, and, and be vulnerable in that situation. So let's look it up or how can we test it or let's run an experiment. So this idea here is connecting with others and flattening that power gradient. So that's the main key takeaways from his book. He had those wonderful plays. Um, and then the other additional topics that kind of really resonated with me in this book was this idea of the power gradient and that this hierarchical or distance between people um, doesn't facilitate a nice environment. And what happens is, is he's suggesting that if we don't have this steep power gradient, that it can really bring about cure, creativity, communication, shared voice, and just more variability and offers for solutions. He also talked about sharing of voice. And I like this theme through his whole entire book is um, that the words and the conversations that people speak, that it's really important because leaders can really... Um, he, his suggestion is that the leaders should actually have the least input in conversations. They talk last. And I think there's an expression, right? Like you, there's a reason we have like uh, two ears and one mouth. <laughs> we want to listen as double as much as we speak. Um, and so this idea is, is hearing this other, like hearing other people's voices is really effective and powerful for leadership. Um, I also like this idea of variability and, and, um, considering other people and, um, and this idea of thinking of diversity and culture, cognitive diversity and having other people's input. I, I just love that. And the other piece that stood out for me, of course, is this curiosity is this desire to learn more, to learn from, you know, what, how we can improve and, and become curious about what other people see and, you know, what they think and what's their input. Um, and, you know, what's the purpose and what, what could the possible course of action be? So that's generally it. This book was so great in so many levels. He really does make it feel like it's simple. The simple is like ask questions in different ways and you're going to get different answers and be curious. And I love that idea of, um, being like understanding and listening and creating that environment where teams are able to be assertive and they're able to, you know, state what their concerns are. They're able, they feel comfortable to express their problems and anxieties and vulnerabilities, and they can end up performing at a higher level as a result of that. So I'm curious, you know, your food for thought is like, how can you apply this, what you've learned from his concepts into your life? And like, how can you use this information to support your position as a leader or just in general in your life? And so that's it. This book was so powerful on so many levels, especially like in the world of leadership. So leadership is language, the hidden power of what you say and what you don't. Okay, that's it for today, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And I have an awesome book that I'm going to be highlighting next week. I hope you join us and have a wonderful day. Bye. 
If you like this podcast, it's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreasidal.com where I take all these books and I hide them in this big, massive vault. There's hundreds and hundreds of books in there for you to learn and discover and grow from. So I really encourage you to head on over to my website so you can gain access to this vault. They're just waiting for you to read. Also, if you've been thinking about writing a book or, you know, you've lacked the time, maybe the focus and the know-how to get it done, or you've been wanting to publish your own work, well, look no further. Spend no more time wasting trying to figure it all out because I'm your girl. I am a book doula. I actually help people painlessly give birth to their books through book birthing. (laughs) So let's turn that dream into achievement through birthing your own book because books change lives. So head on over to my website to find out more about that as well. Be sure to subscribe here so that you get the latest episode. And of course, share this with your friends, write a review because it really helps grow the show. And finally, I just want to thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm just so grateful that I get to show up and read all these books and share the learning experience with you. So until next week, I'm sending hugs.